The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Will you pray with me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our refuge and our fortress, our strength and our salvation. Amen. If, if, if you have a pen or a pencil with you, um, if you find one in the pew, take your Bible reading plan, and I'd like to invite you to do a couple of things as we begin. On the back side where it says ancient wisdom for the new year, draw a line down the center of the space below it to separate left and right. And on the left side, number one, write, God chose me. God chose me. Number two, I am sacred. I am sacred. Number three, I am beloved. God chose me. I am sacred. I am beloved. On, on the right side, we're going to make that plural. God chose us is number one. God chose us. Number two, similarly, we are sacred. And number four, we are beloved. I can read it. It does not look like beloved on my handwriting on my top of my Bible, but I know what it says. So every day that I read my Bible reading plan and every day that it takes me to catch up, the first thing I'm going to do is look at the backside and remember ancient wisdom for the new year. God chose me. I am sacred. I am beloved. God chose us. We are sacred. We are beloved. Now, I had us do that because as I prepared for this Sunday, I remembered back, back in the day when I was a seminary student. Holly and I lived in North Carolina, and the pastor of our home church, the Reverend Harold Dunham, invited us back um, along with, with our brother, Craig Langston, who is in North Carolina still, um, to preach on this Sunday between Christmas Eve and the New Year. And um, it was quite, quite frightening, in fact, um, as a seminarian with one little preaching class under my belt to, to be at Klein United Methodist Church and, and to preach. Um, but this passage was in the lectionary 
all, all those years ago, and it came up again, and I thought, I remember that sermon. I called it No New Year's Resolutions. And, and I reasoned that we, we make these grandiose promises to ourselves on New Year's Eve with really no intention or no ability to see them beyond a couple of weeks in the new year because we're all filled with all the celebration of, of New Year's Eve. And um, so I said, let's make new life resolutions. And I tackled this whole list in 15 minutes. Well, this many years later, I mean, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bear with, I mean, just patience alone. I could talk for 15 minutes and try your patience so that you could actually practice it and maybe grow some patience. <laughs> you like that one, huh? Janie liked that one. She's laughing. But, but, but as I studied and I listened, I got, I got stuck. On verse 12, just the very beginning of it, before it says, clothe yourselves. You know, I, I even talked with our daughter Hannah, who was home for Christmas. I said, I, said, I said, I wish I had one of those pictures of you when you began choosing your own outfits because they weren't always what your mother and I would have put together for you to wear, but you were old enough to begin choosing them, and so we had to honor that. And... She said, why do you want one of the, well, because they didn't always match, baby. I said, how to put it on the front cover of the bulletin, because you would have already gone home. <laughs> Clothe yourselves. I didn't even get that far. I got, I got stuck on, on these three phrases. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what, what your experience of, of, of choosing and being chosen might be, but there's, there's, there's the, the quintessential pastoral example of the last kid chosen for a team on the playground. Anybody remember being that kid? Or, or, or the one who in youth choir was always chosen for the reading parts. <laughs> Anybody remember being? <laughs> Here, why don't you read this, John, <laughs> and just mouth the words on the songs. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you have such a good reading voice. Yeah, I know. I can't carry it to him. It's, it's different than that. When, when we talk about God's choice for humanity, all of us. I was talking with a buddy of mine a couple of weeks ago, weeks ago, Reverend David Bashir at Bullard, First United Methodist Church, and, and I said, what are you preaching about this week? And, and he said, I'm talking about, in part, that, that Jesus Christ was the only person in all of time that chose to be born. The rest of us had no choice. Jesus willed Himself to be born. It was a choice for Jesus. 
And I, I love the way I love the way Eugene Peterson translates it in, in the gospel according to John. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. He chose to live where we live. He chose to love as we love. He chose to become like us so that we might become like Him. I think I've shared the story about, about the second Sunday of Advent. I think it was the third Sunday of Advent of 1982. On the second Sunday of Advent, Pastor David was giving me a ride home from youth group because he lived three doors down from me. And he said, when are you going to join the church? You've been coming here since July, and you haven't missed a Sunday. And you're at every youth group and every Bible study, and we just can't get rid of you. When are you going to walk down front and join? And I said, I don't, I don't know. What do I got to do? And he said, well, you got to walk down front and join. He said, have you been baptized? I said, yeah, in the Pacific Ocean. He said, okay, that was enough water. Um, come down front and join. And, and in the springtime you'll hang out with the seventh graders in confirmation class, kind of as a big brother. I said, oh, okay, cool. He said, pray about it. I walked home across the street and down three doors, and, and I walked inside, and I met my mom. I said, I'm joining the church next Sunday. And she said, you got to go through confirmation class. Already planned. you you, you got to talk with the pastor. Already done. you got to do this. Mom, next Sunday I'm joining. And, and, and on the first note, of O Little Town of Bethlehem. I, I remember I was, I was about where Pastor W.C. is in, in that sanctuary, and, 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 and our family friends, the Tandys, were right next to me, and Susan was, was first right next to me. And on the first note of the hymn of commitment, the pastor had given the invitation. And first note, I was like, and she snatched my arm and pulled me back in the pew and said, wait a minute. I said, why? She says, because it's polite. I said, I don't care. I want to join the church. I had finally found, I had finally found the place where I knew that I was chosen to belong in community that was bigger than I was that had something to do more than I could imagine by myself, that gave purpose and meaning to my life in ways that I had not previously fathomed. And as I stand before you today, I am as certain of that in this congregation as I ever have been in my whole entire life that we are here together on purpose, for a purpose, because of God's great purpose to bring redemption to all of creation. So if you'll say it with me, God chose me. And God chose us. I got to thinking about holy. What does it mean to be holy? Paul, in his letter to the Thessalonians, the first one, in the third and the thirteenth verse said, uh, and may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness 
that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. That's Paul's prayer for the church in Thessalonica and for us, that, that we'll be so holy, we'll be blameless before God. <laughs> Paul, you better keep praying. I know you're in heaven, but I believe in the communion of saints. You keep praying for me, Paul, because... Wow. And, 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 and then I began to listen more deeply to that word holy. And it doesn't mean in this context, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, it doesn't mean religiousness. Those who do all the right things for all the right things' sake doing them, and those who were all, at all the right functions and places for all the right reasons. It means sacred. It means set apart. It doesn't mean without blemish. It doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean without fault or, or, or failure. It means set apart, sacred. Do you have special things at your home that, that are sacred? That you keep in special places or you bring out for special occasions? Pastor Severio has a box full of china. <laughs> that he's bringing out more and more for sacred tacos, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, things things that, that wherever they came from and whatever they mean to you, they're set aside for special purpose. They're sacred. Sometimes, sometimes in, in, in a congregation, there are things that are sacred, I was talking with some friends uh, uh, this morning before worship about, about some things that, that I haven't seen in you since I've been here, and, 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 and they said they're very important to, to a group in our congregation, and, and they're very meaningful to our whole congregation, and I said, oh, they're sacred. They said, yeah, they're sacred. I said, oh, what, what we set aside as sacred is, is holy. We as the people of God, have been set aside for a special purpose. So, so we're chosen by God, and we're sacred. If, 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 if you will, say with me, I am sacred. I am sacred. We are sacred. The third is beloved. Last Thursday, I, I had the occasion to drive to Katy and, and, and back, Katy, Texas and back, and, and I, I grabbed something off my shelf that I haven't listened to in several years. And it, it is, um, it's a play called The Cost of Freedom. And it's a dramatization about the life and ministry and martyrdom of Reverend Dr. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And, and, and I'm always struck by his conversation with one of his American theologian friends about the time that he served at, 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 at an African-American Baptist church in New York. 
And, and, and his theologian friend said, what, what happened to you, Dietrich? He said, I fell in love with Jesus. Imagine that, a German theologian falling in love with Jesus. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one that gets the joke. I, I don't know. And, and I think about always when I hear that, 1 John 4, beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And in verse 11, beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and His love is perfected in us. As we sang some of these familiar Christmas hymns, I wonder what it would have been like to grow up in the church as a child and to know those songs in this kind of context from my earliest years. And I don't, but, but I wonder what it would be like. But here's the beauty of that wonder. In wondering that, God gives a glimpse of that childlike love of Jesus that draws me closer and closer to the manger of the Christ child, that rekindles within me that, that, that fervor and, and that energy, that, that euphoria of, of falling in love with Jesus. And here's, here's the beauty of that falling in love with Jesus is, is, is that when we fall more and more in love with Christ, we are compelled to fall more and more in love with others. You see, you see we are chosen by God to be here together. And, and we are set aside for special purpose. And that purpose is to proclaim Christ's love to all whom we encounter. To share that love in all that we think. That's where it starts. In all that we think. In our heart and, and, and in our head. And, 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 and then, as, as, as God works in our lives, in our heart and in our mind, to allow that love of Jesus to come out in our words and in our actions. Because somebody we meet someplace today may have never known that love of Christ may have never sung away in a manger, be near me, Lord Jesus. Maybe they don't know that song. Maybe they long to hear that song and sing it for the very first time. Say it with me, if you will, I am beloved. We are 
beloved. Here's, here's what I know, that when we tend to these first three phrases, internalizing them, being captured by them, appropriating them for our lives and being appropriated by them for God's work in this world. As we come to know that we are chosen, sacred, and beloved, we will know greater peace. We will know a greater peace within ourselves than we can fathom. And that greater peace will lead to the rest of this whole list being tended to. So you don't need me to go on and on about this list that Paul shares with us. And the third thing that'll happen is that God's love and light will shine more brightly through our lives and people are going to need sunglasses and shades to be near us. And they'll say, what? And you'll say, God chose you. You are sacred and you are beloved. Shall we pray? Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.